Security. Oh, hello. Is that reception, London Weekend Television? This is security. Re- reception's gone off duty, sir. Oh, I see. Um, it, it, I'm supposed to meet somebody in reception, and I wanted to know if they were What's there. What's the person you're supposed to meet? Highly Selassie. Highly? Selassie. Is that Highly Fanatti here? No. Could you possibly, um, if he does, he will come in very shortly, mm-hmm. would you tell him that Marcus Garvey um, phoned? Mm-hmm. And that I will meet him. Well, it's uh, meet him in Babylon and Ting. Yes, when Marcus comes in, right? Yes. And uh, you, you're supposed to wait. A gentleman's just coming in. Oh, is that Henry Selassie? No, no, it wasn't him. It was a cab. He's a, he's a, a a black gentleman. But when he comes in after you, you you are going to meet him at where was it? Babylon. This. Yeah, Babylon and Ting. Babylon and Ting. That's it. Right, you are. Thank you. God bless you. Bye. <laughs> Anting, anting, me, I'm the radio one reggae sex machine, me, I'm the number one rasta on the scene, cause if you ask me, me, I'm Ali Chick, I'll say he called O's Pipe, does it 50 times a day, me boom, and me boom, and the chicks I'll jump when they see me rump and they feel me lump, me, I'm a crucial. I'm me hung like a mule, and when me struck me stuff, I'll let chicks I'll drool. Excuse me, excuse me, don't I know you? I know you Norway don't. Man. Yes, I do. Me name Ozpipe. It's not, your name's Lee. Me come from Jamaica. You come from Fringen on Sea. Me, I'm the king of the street. King of the street, you're four foot three. Me come from Zion. No, 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 you were at school with me. Me bad. You're bloody sad. Me got me roots. Roots, your granddad worked at Boots. Me take me ganja, me furrows. Ganja, you smoke consulates and you're a blimmin' sea scout. Me well endowed, me go for hours and hours. Well endowed, your wife calls you a maggot. I've seen you in the showers. All right, ma, leave it out. Go on. Earn a crust. Earn a crust. Never mind about earn a crust. Cut the Reggie. You're about as Rastafarian as Duncan Goodyear. Just because the kids out there can't see you think you can get away with it. Frankly, you look like the victim of forceps delivery. Go on, out. Take that root vegetable out of your trousers as well. It doesn't fool anyone. It's me who's cool. I learnt how to be a streetwise disc jockey from a BBC education course. In fact, oh, Halkos Lyrian. It's on the radio now. I shall tune around. BBC World Service. Language Course 1. Let's speak disc jockey. Hello and welcome to the first program in our new language course. Today we'll learn how to speak disc jockey. In Britain, most of us speak the English language. However, sometimes if you listen to the radio, you may hear someone talking like this. Good morning. Coming right up is 20 Radio 1 Minutes. Got a dedication. Uh, okay. It's another true story. Good morning. Well, what is he saying? The answer is simple. Nothing. Yes, jock speak is a peculiar language because it is not a means of communication at all. It's a wall of sound. Therefore, it only has a very small vocabulary. In fact, there are only six key phrases. Here they are. B. Me. Radio 1. Radio 1. FM. FM. Good morning. Good morning. Dedication. Dedication. Amazing. Amazing. Me. And the word me again. 
There is the elongation of the vowel sounds in amazing. You'll find this recurring in other words such as national. You're listening to National Radio 1. Good morning. He seems to be talking through his nose, doesn't he? All authentic speakers of Jock have had an operation on their adenoids. Not to have them removed, but to have more put in. He also seems to be speaking in an unnaturally deep voice. These jockeys do like to speak in a deep voice, don't they? Oh, and one word of warning, it is important before we go any further to remind you never to speak like this in real-life situations. For example, if I went to my local newsagent and had this conversation... Oh, can I help you at all? (coughs) Good morning, okay, have you got a copy of the Sun newspaper, please? I beg your pardon? The newsagent would immediately... Oh dear, the loony. Telephone the authorities. Oh dear, dear, dear. The lunatic. And I'd very soon be what we in the United Kingdom call... Oh dear, the, the co- committed. A copy of Tidbits and all Well, that's all for this week. For homework, try wearing clothes 20 years out of date, sport a toupee, and expose an ample area of chest hair. And if you're feeling really adventurous, try opening a supermarket for an outrageously high fee. Next week, we'll be learning how to talk forced police confession. Hello, can I have um, television centre reception, please? Reception. Hello, I wonder if you could um, ask whether or not there is a uh, General Pinochet in reception, please. What name, sorry? General Pinochet. General Pinochet. Yes, please. Okay, one moment. Nobody's answering. I called out on the tannoy. Oh, dear. Um, if he turns up, could you tell him to hold back um, his fire um, until Thursday? It's Please hold fire. Please yeah. hold fire until reasonable discussion with NATO. OK. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Later I found myself wandering aimlessly in the corridor of my luxury... Later I found myself wandering aimlessly in the corridor of my luxury York penthouse flat where I passed my neighbour Dr Dreyfus, Britain's only one-fingered gynaecologist. He sorts out ladies' furry hoops, that bit you know where gentlemen put their tummy bananas. In short, he's a kosher doctor working all day working with genitals, if you see my somewhat elaborately contrived pun. Mr. Dreyfus? Dr. Dreyfus already. Oh, sorry, Dr. Dreyfus, sorry. Actually, you might be able to help me out with a problem this week. Problem? Shmoblem, loblem, As you probably realise, kids, Dr. Dreyfus's command of Yiddish is somewhat limited on account that I do all the voices and I'm crap at Yiddish accents. Still, things might get better. Anyway, this problem. Uh, I've just been looking at this travel brochure. Tell me, how do you pronounce the name of this island? Is it Hawaii or Hawaii? Shmook, Hawaii. <laughs> Oh, good, that's sorted out. Thanks. You're welcome. So, ask me what sort of day I've had. All right. Uh, what sort of day have you had? Don't ask. Have I suffered? Have I suffered? Have I suffered? Uh, have you suffered? No, but my brother Solly, he has suffered. Solly, wasn't he the kamikaze pilot? That's right, the only Jewish kamikaze pilot in the Japanese Air Force. Uh. And that he used to crash his plane into his neighbor's scrapyard. Such a business. As Zudelt he is. As Zudelt. Anyway, h- how has he suffered then? How has he suffered? This are hemorrhoids. This is as this is as he has suffered. Hemorrhoids is this? Such hemorrhoids that hang like grapes from his elephant and castle. Castle. Always in such pain as he has to travel around the world on crutches. Travel around the world on crutches. I thought only herpes did that. Herpes, schmerpes. Last week I told him Solly, I said spend the money, go see specialist rectologist. Oh, oh so he goes to such a Schweizer. So says the rectologist, take this suppository, stick it in your back passage. Did did he stick it in his back passage? Did he stick it in his back passage? Did he stick it did in? He? 
Yeah, so he stuck it with in the back passages. Huh? Next week he comes with still oh. with his pants. I said to him, did you do what the rectologist told you with your sticking your suppository? Back passages. Yes, says Solly. But some schlub of a specialist he turned out to be, said Solly. For all the good it did me, I may well have shoved them up my ass. Shoved it up my ass? Oh, I see. He thought the back passage meant corridor. That's right. Back passage, not corridor. Back. Yeah, he thought the back passage meant corridor. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've hammered that joke into the ground. Go wah-wah, please, immediately. Wah-wah, please, immediately. After listening to Dr. Dreyfus' distasteful story, I have a sudden urge to go and buy some shoes. I doubt it, unless you're proficient in split-cortex neurosurgery. <laughs> it's a posh shoe shop, this, isn't it? And you're dressed up like a dog's dinner, you yes, are. Yes, I think the bonio bow tie, sausage tiara, and the Mr. Chappie epaulets are rather fashion, don't you agree? You're not Brian Sewell, are you? Brian Sewell? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, I want a pair of black shoes, size 12, please. Size 12, sir. Uh, try this one on, sir. All right. Uh, oh, no, it's too tight. It's... No. Oh dear, sir. No. Uh, try it on with the tongue out, sir. All right. I'll try it on with the tongue out. No, it's still too tight. Ah, yes. Tongue out. I see you misunderstand me for cheap uh, comic effects, sir. No, no. no I, I'm just brain damaged. Oh, I know why this shoe is so tight. It's because my resident popular singing group take sixes lodged between a corn plaster and a Blakey. I'll just prize them out. They're on the horn now. Oh, I know I am when I'm squeezed out of leather. Oh, hello, boys. Hey, man. Yeah. I'm few friends to join you with this song this week, have you? That's yeah. right, you got Quincy Jones, man. Quincy Jones, talented. You got Sarah Vaughan. Sarah Vaughan! Lovely. I've got Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> Lucky old Gerald. <laughs> got Bobby <laughs> McFerrin. Bobby McFerrin. Al Oh, and Al my favourite. And what's the ditty called this week, then, boys? It's called We Be Doing It. We Be Doing It. Lovely thing, isn't it, English literature? Wonderful thing. Can I count you all in, then? No. Fair enough.
singing in a shoe. You really are. And you're great live. In fact, I saw you last night in concert. Did you like it, man? Well, everything was, was wonderful, except for one thing. What? 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 There was something wrong with my seat. Wrong? wrong? Yeah. It was facing the stage. Get out. Hey, take Lindsay Jones with your hand, Fitzgerald. Hey, hey, no, Bing bong. British Rail would like to announce that very few programmes can boast a musical performance from a size 12 shoe. To that end, we will be keeping the laces for use in the final joke of the show. Passenger announcement. The train now arriving at platforms 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 and 12 is coming in sideways. Not the first or the last time we've used that joke. Thank you. Bing bong. Time to peruse the thousands of letters from my admiring listeners. Many have written in asking... Dear Mr. Smith, where... Dear Mr. Smith, where do you get your tape lines from? Do you get your tape lines from? And are they available in the shops? Are they available in the shops? The simple answer is... Silly pussycat willy bam bam silly bee. The less simple, the less simple and more grown-up answer is... I get mine fresh every morning. Fresh they are... Uh, yeah, I never use frozen. My tape lines are handpicked from the rubbish bin in the office of the controller of Radio 1, Mr. Jonathan Beerling. Jonathan Beerling, that's right. That's right, yeah, shut your mouth. Handpicked. I pop them straight into the microwave for three seconds. Et voilà. Done to a turn. What is on these rapid tape lines picked from Mr. Beerling's bin when slowed down has up until now been a mystery. However, here's one I picked earlier, slowed down. Well, rubber tanches. Split. Split crutch. Jolly. the cucumber. Connect the wires to the carb. Oh, dear. Go Simon Bates in. What does it mean? It's from the controller's office. I'll try another one. Keep quiet about this bait's wrong word, but this chap near my records, he'll bang me 30 grand for plugging Bonnie Langford's latest record. Oh, got her. Of course I said yes. Oh, no. I got those jeans are tight to excite me. Bates, do you hear me? Ripper. Oh my god, I know too much! I know too much! I shall seek new employment abroad in Italy. Pass me the phone. Pass me the phone, I'm going to lash. Lash. Oh, hello. Is that Vatican Radio? Oh, God bless you. Um, my name is Clint Rimmer. Yes. R I M M E R M M Rimmer. Yes. Clint Rimmer. Yes. Um, I understand that you uh, broadcast to the nations of the world from the Vatican. That's right. Are you a nun? No. All oh, right, because I, I just the thought of somebody broadcasting as a disc jockey as a nun. Uh, Rabbi Lionel Blue arranged. Uh, do you know him? No, not personally. No. Uh, Rabbi Lionel Blue arranged a private pontifical audience uh, between myself and His Holiness uh, the Pope recently at the yes. Vatican. Yes. And my call arises from discussions with the Holy Pontiff. Yes. Um, could you tell me um, what sort of? Hey, hey, English. Hello? Hello? Hello, yes? Sorry, was that across line? I don't know what happened. I've never heard anything so uncouth in my life. I have no idea what happened. There must be some inter- It was disgusting. Yeah. I don't know if you find Romans... Romans are occasionally disgusting. Very uncouth, aren't they? My wife was once manhandled by one in a trattoria called the Pink Oboe. I went to the Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. 
next to it, when I went to the one next to it, the 15 Chapel, and I, I thought the ceiling could have done with being a bit, you know, R-Text rather than the, the, the thing they've got at the moment. I quite like R-Text as a surface. Anyway, I wonder if you can help me. I'm a disc jockey myself yes. um, for Top Shop in um, High Street Crawley. Yes. And uh, we did a recent uh, rating sweep. And apparently my show uh, pulls an audience as far as, as boxer shorts. That His Holiness the Pope um, suggested that maybe I contact you to do a programme. Could you give me some idea of what sort of programmes you do at Vatican Radio and whether I could fit in? What were you thinking of? Um, do you have a music programme? We, we have our own staff, you see. It's not very likely that we would use anything from someone from outside. Oh, but I'd get a job and then I'd be inside. Mm, that's right. Uh, if I had the Sunday morning program, I've already done my jingles and stuff. Mate, tell me what you think of this. Mm-hmm. It's the Pope's favourite disc jockey. Dominus Deus, which record will he play us? Clint Thriller on Vatican Radio. Any views? I don't know. I mean, you could. It's, it. it's a nice tune, isn't it? Yes, it's a nice tune. And I played the, um, one of those tunes to His Holiness himself. Yeah. And uh, he tapped his foot, hummed a bit, you know, that sort of. He tapped his hoof. Not his hood, his foot. His foot. Yes, he had to laugh. He said that's exactly the sort of thing we want on Vatican Radio. I know I'm not Dave Lee Travis. Well, OK, you're right, Travis. And I don't think you want Dave Lee Travis, do you? No. You want, you want something a little bit more subtle. Mm. Would that? I mean, if you wanted, say, for something like... Um, if I was doing a Sunday morning programme, a mm. little bit more casual, not so formal, that yes, sort okay. of thing, then you'd want something lasting, sort of like an image song lasting for, tw- you know, something like 20 seconds, in which case maybe this would uh, fit the bill. It's a sunny Sunday morning and the Pope's on the go. Hello, nuns. Woo! Skip Mass and tune into the Clint Rimmer show. You may be Roman Catholic, but that doesn't mean you can't be cool or slick. Cos I'll play records by Meatloaf and even Frank Zappa and I'm known in Rome as the papal rapper. Take a swig of water wine, stay in bed all day and listen to my show on Vatican Radio. Amen. Any views on that? OK, well, thank you very much, then. I think you think I'm garbage, don't you? Bye-bye. Feeling somewhat pickish after my papal intercourse, I leave my luxury York penthouse flat to buy some tasty comestibles. I usually eat at a nearby German restaurant, but they recently had a severe outbreak of food poisoning there, with 50 customers being rushed to hospital. <laughs> a medical spokesman said later that they feared the worst. <laughs> feared the worst. <laughs> the worst. The worst. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. The sound will be side-splitting. Fear the worst. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Lao Tzu. Oh. I decided to visit the wanking Chinese takeaway run by Mr. Lao Tzu, mystical Taoist dialectician and no stranger to King Prawn Balls. I see you've got rhubarb on the menu now, Mr. Lao Tzu. Oh, I've got it in your garden, you're not. You grow it in your garden? So do I. I grow rhubarb in my garden. Oh, where you're putting your knife, you're caught my rhubarb. Uh, what do I put on my rhubarb? Well, mostly I put horse manure, that sort of thing. Oh, uh, custard on my rhubarb. You prefer custard on yours, Mr. Lao Tzu. Oh. Why? Oh. You have driven me to my knees with your acerbic sinological wit. I'll talk about that, but I'll tell you a funny thing on offer. Tell me a funny thing, yes. Oh, bank's got a credit card in our post. Bank sends you a credit card in the post, yes. Oh, I've got a credit card written on it. And it's got a credit card written on it, yes. Well, I saw you, you'll say, I've got to a debt, you'll know, it's your son's. But as soon as you use it, 
you get into debt. That's absolutely true, Mr. Lao Tzu. Oh, I'll tell you another funny thing. You're not tell me another funny thing, you know, yes. I watch a lot of war films on television. When you watch old war films on television, yes. I saw Kamikaze apart about to crash. And you see Kamikaze pilots about to crash, yes. Oh, why don't I watch crash? Why are they always wearing crash helmets? Great, Timothy, I never thought about that before. Oh, I'll tell you another funny thing, you know. Tell me another funny thing, Mr. Lao My word. Three funny things in one programme. The show must be running under time this week. Oh, you're my one, you're 16, you know. When you're 16, yes. Oh, you've got a stiffy, but I can't. You've got a permanent stiffy. Oh, oh dear, no, we say aroused. Yes, you've got a permanent aroused because of the hormones in your body, yes. Oh, Sam, I'll tell you to go and make the a baby. The same hormones that are telling you to go and make babies, yes. Oh, hormones that cover your face with acne. They're the same hormones that cover your face with acne. Oh, sorry, you can't make babies because I thought I'd get a woman near you. You've got you, you, you can't make babies because no woman will go anywhere near you. Oh, everyone calls you a black bean face, you know. Yeah, and everyone calls you baked bean face. Oh. Once again, your searing eastern intellect has penetrated to the heart of the matter. As for your food, however, I'd like to say that it's the tastiest Chinese cuisine I have ever had the good fortune to encounter. Oh, thank you, oh, thank you. I'd like to say that, but unfortunately I cannot, since it is nothing more than putrid pig... You're all the fool. You pay for it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back in my luxury York penthouse floor. All right, it may not be much of a link, but it's better than bloody Jazz FM. This is BBC One. And being Sunday afternoon, there'll be nothing but crap for the next six hours. At three o'clock, Kenneth Moore stars in the World War II classic Reach for the Magnets, in which he plays an RAF pilot with tin legs who decides to fly off and shoot some jerrys and returns with a tin plate on his head to match, serve the bastard right. Then at five o'clock... I was Monty's treble, the World War II film of a choir boy's brave fight against a sexually rabid field marshal. But now on BBC One, time for Antiques Roadshow. Hello and welcome to Antiques Roadshow. We're in uh, Arrogate this week, or is it Eastbourne, or perhaps even printed on sea? It doesn't matter really, so long as everyone's causely middle-class, well-off, decent people who uh, also happen to be greedy, money-grabbing bastards who pretend they're interested in antiques. Right, well, let's look at our first battered old relic, but nothing a, a facelift couldn't sort out, eh, sir? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sit down, would you? Thank you indeed, Mr Scully. Uh, sorry, look, for the purpose of this sketch, would you mind calling me, say, Mr Lully? No, yeah. sketch reflects badly on you, Scully. He might be a bit litigious, you know, that sort of thing. All right, Mr Lully. Right, that's right, back into character. Now, what, do we've, what have we got here, then? I don't know. I think it might be very valuable, but frankly, I'm not interested in the money side. Not interested in the money not side, interested. no. I've been keeping it in the family for years, right. and I jolly well intend to keep it that way, OK? There's an end to it, all right? Really? Well, for the benefit of viewers at home, I shall now drill a hole in your cranium. Good God! Good heavens! What a- Tom Star, what a lot of uh, brain fluid for such a small brain. And by lowering a microphone into your cranial cavity, listen to what you're really thinking about. Here we go. They're going in my brain. Just think testing. about something, One, would you? Two, three, testing. Oh, yeah, we can hear what you're thinking about while I assess your antique. There we are now. This is Spode China, and it's quite interesting, actually, Spode, because... Yes, you know but uh, how much money is it worth? That's what I uh, want to know. How much? It how much? around the base. Now, that's unusual for uh, Spode, especially at this sort of age. I couldn't but give what a fig what it looks like. Right. So long as the neighbours are watching, give me the money, I'll be straight down to Leicester Square and get myself a red boy for the night. I'd say it's worth about, um, ooh, five quid. 
Jesus Christ! Oh dear, he's unconscious. There's blood. Oh, it's pouring out of his ears, that blood is. Oh dear. Oh, there's someone else walking up now, sir. What, what's this you're handing me? Uh, it's a writ issued from Mr. Hugh Scully for libel and defamation of character. Oh, oh now this is, this is worth something. It's hard to say, but depending on the jury. Oh, I think we, we must be talking £300,000 at the very least. Oh well, why don't you join us next week from Brixton? And then a pig flew out of the window. From me, goodbye. Oh, good morrow. May it be possible, Prithee, to um, parley with the uh, Broadcasting House reception, please? Yes, of course. I'll put you through. Hold on. Reception? Oh, hello. I wonder if you could do me a favour. I'm very, very late. Could you possibly shout out to see what if one of my um, uh, people... I'm supposed to be meeting somebody, uh, if he's arrived, please. And then, uh, who, whom am I shouting out for? It's Marcel Proust. Sorry? Marcel Proust. Hold on. Marcel Proust? No. Oh, ah, is he there? I heard somebody Marcel say yes. Proust. No. Oh dear. Oh, I know why. He's been dead since 1922, actually. Thank you. Oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Grey and grey and light grey. Dark grey and grey and I find. I can't sing a rainbow. Can't sing a rainbow Cause I'm colourblind That was the monochrome edition of Victor Lewis Smith Written by Paul Sparks and Victor Lewis Smith Mr Lewis Smith did the music and the voices and produced the programme The show involved mammoth research Which was undertaken by our resident mammoth Unfortunately it leaves gigantic droppings all over the studio desk But still there you are Don't work with animals or children That's our motto Which is why we're not in the child bestial pornography business Finally the budget for this programme was so poor That it was recorded on a shoestring And unfortunately the boot polish has gummed up the tape head Which is why it sounds so very bloody odd We can't think of it Oh dear Next week The power of blowing raspberries An unusual fortune tale